Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Welcome back. Another week, another podcast episode. It's your boy Trudeau. And with me, as always, the co-host, the man of the hour, D Frizzy Frizz himself. What to do, baby man? How is your weekend? Uh busy. Busy. I went to a baseball game actually on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, I went to the socks Sox. or 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 paw socks. I know they're not woo socks. I think the they're woo, called now. the woo socks. I don't like that. The, I don't know what the woos. I, I have no idea. Uh, no Red Sox. First game of the season. Um, I, t- I tell you what, it was a crazy game. They obviously changed the rules in baseball, mm-hmm. to speed up the pace of play, and I feel like I got ripped off. Uh, so I've heard this a lot from people well, that like let me it's let, great oh go ahead let go me ahead, finish go ahead. why like no you can get to your point because you're gonna make a great point the game I went to on Sunday was the fastest game at Fenway Park since 1988 it was an hour and 57 minutes long insane Damn. how do you even enjoy that bro like usually in but like during innings at baseball games they last 30 minutes you can grab three beers like shoot the shit you look back and one pitch is thrown I could not get out of my seat to like get a beer, go to the bathroom. It was so fast. It's it's a good product though. It was it was a fun time. I will say that. So that's what I've heard. Mixed reviews with like people that are again like the the non traditionalist are like this is great. This is amazing. Like I can actually pay attention to the game because it's done and over within an hour and a half, two hours, like you were saying. And then like I started thinking about like the fans that are actually going to the game. Part of like baseball is the experience. Like I. I won't lie to you. I can't stand watching baseball. Not my favorite sport, but I enjoyed going to Fenway because of like just the atmosphere of being there. It was fun. You know, you get out your seat. Like you were saying, you go grab a Frank, you get a couple beers, you get the standing room only. Like you don't necessarily need to sit. Yeah. You watch a few pitches maybe. And then like you go grab another beer. But like a lot of people, at least from what I've seen on the Twitter sphere is like people piss. Cause they're like, yo, like I'm still paying the same price to get, you know, Half the time that I'm supposed to be at the stadium before y'all kick us out. Well, funny thing, I don't, I don't believe the NF and MLB franchises realize this would happen to them. Is they are having like really reduced uh, concessions. concessions, yeah. And they actually, I think it was Milwaukee. They love their beer in Milwaukee, and usually they stop serving in the seventh inning because they don't want people driving home drunk. Mm-hmm. Nah, they were taking too much of a financial hit. They uh, they extended that bad boy out to like the beginning of the ninth inning. So I wonder if that is that just the 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 Brewers did that or is that like across oh, the league? I'm sure if you can make more more money, you they'll find a way. They'll, I'm sure it will spread around. I didn't know if that was like a MLB rule that like you know when Tessie and when whatever they play at Fenway comes on in the seventh. Sweet inning, Caroline. Yeah, Sweet Caroline. But, like they're but, like you know but, what? No, no more alcohol because you're a bunch of drunks. But like if this is like across the board where they're like yo. <laughs> No, these games are going by a little bit too fast. Let's keep them. Let's keep them open until the ninth inning's done. <laughs> I didn't know about that, but that's that's. Hilarious. Do you sing "Sweet Caroline"? Sweet Caroline, can I sing it? Is when you, you when said? you go to the Sox game, do you sing it? Are you do you do you? Depends on how many beers I've drank by then. <laughs> if it's like if I went there what's like the for like a what's work the event, of beers? And it was just what's that? What's the number over under? How many beers? It's got to be at least like nine. <laughs> oh my god, like, dude! Yeah. It's not. It's it's like right around that. If not nine, then it's like I know when we went to the standing room only, they had like a mixed drink stand, 
and it's like four, you know, vodka cranberries or vodka lemonades, and you're just like, all right, we're singing any and everything that comes on on the jumbotron. Um, you must have spent like a hundred dollars, by the way, for nine beers. That's insane. But well, that's the thing is, you go to Fenway, and you, it's more so for the experience. Like I don't, I didn't go there very often. Um, it was it was a lot more for just like you go there with like a group, like. I don't remember the last time like me and Al went, just me and her. I don't think we ever did. But like when we went, it was like rolling 10, 15 people deep. So like it, it, it was fun. At least you try to make it fun. Yeah. And I think the uh, hip hop is mentioned that the TV revenue is probably down too because the games don't last as long. I will say though, it, it's more enjoyable to watch, even though they're, they're probably kicking themselves in the ass now financially. Last thing, I don't know how we got into five minutes of baseball talk. You That's, talked about what you did over the weekend. Yeah. Um, so are you s- team sausage or hot dog when you go to the ballpark? Ooh, I'm team sausage. My man. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. If, if I walk outside, they, they better have, if I walk outside, they better have that street meat ready to go because I'm, I'm Hey, man. Is that the last one? Give it here. I don't care if it was sitting there for 10, 15, 20 minutes. So good. All that Especially after D goes ten, apparently ten bears deep. You know what I mean? Because you're a madman. You're seeing three of them, so it's essentially like you're you're <laughs> you're counting all your calories with one sausage right there. No uh, I I have to ask you before we move on. How was your weekend? I I need to return the favor. Weekend was actually busy as shit. Um, a lot of stuff, a lot of prep for the little one's birthday. Uh, we also took family photos, so that was that was oh, fun. Nice. Be prepared to have those on the internet in a couple of days because um, we'll, we'll see, you know, the youngest is ready for the camera, ready to smile and whatnot, put her hands up. She's, you know, she's a little princess. And then the youngest is just like, I don't want to be here. Why are we doing this? Like, I want to run around. So I'm sure they came out great though. They, uh, let's hope. Let, let's hope that they do. Um, yeah, we got a good show for you today. That was, I probably, this will probably be the last baseball talk we have for the whole season. Just, just kidding. Maybe who knows? Uh, but it was about it was about food, so it's always a popular topic. But yeah, lots of NBA stuff. I think mostly NBA. We know we're going to cover a little bit of the play-ins, touch on that because we did not get to that. It was in between shows, and then we're going to overreact because what's better in sports media? I mean, I wouldn't consider ourselves sports media, but everyone likes to react, overreact. One game, the world's ending. So we're going to have a panic meter section where we kind of look at the teams who have. One loss that should not have one loss, the favorites, and where their panic level should be. Maybe NFL at the end. We'll see how far we get. Um, but D, before we move on to an actual segment, you got to get us started right, my man. Happy fucking Monday. I don't want to spend too much time on the planes because I feel those feel like ages ago at this point. Yeah. Um, but really rat tat tat, a couple of the play and stuff. Heat Hawks, man. Last week I was on this podcast and I told you I don't know about this heat. Everyone is afraid of them, shaking their boots for the big bad Miami Heat. I kind of thought felt like the Hawks were gonna win. Pretty handily took care of the Heat at home. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much to talk about that. Um, Hawks, oddly enough, the two teams in that series were the two teams that advanced to the playoffs. Um, so, like, it was it was good to see Trey do his both thing. Series. It was good to see what's yeah. They they both advanced. Um, so I, I don't. I guess for both series that were on the Tuesday game. That's what I was Tuesday saying. Docket, yeah, my apologies. Yeah, both the uh, the Lakers and the T Wolves. Again, not to spend too much time about it, but. I think the Lakers needed to win more than the uh, than the T Wolves did. It would have been a little bit more on the older bodies of the Lakers if they would have had to play another play in 
to then play another, you know, one seed, uh, that being the Nuggets. And I think they, for where they landed, I think they match up better against the Grizzlies than they do against the Nuggets, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. And then just as like far as, the, you know, just wrap up the Heat, Heat Hawks. I know the Hawks won, got the seven seed. I still think the Heat is the more dangerous of the two teams. I mean, the Hawks have looked pedestrian against uh, the, the Celtics. That might be the Celtics are just the world beaters. I was going to say, the Celtics just are that much better than the Hawks, in all honesty. But yeah, Haw- Hawks look sad. Um, I'm Yeah. And then Bulls-Toronto, I was saying earlier before the show, man, if Toronto had won that game and had to play the <laughs> Heat in the plane, we would have saw the first NBA game finish 45-47. Both of those teams cannot score, cannot get a bucket. Uh, Bulls advance against Toronto wasn't really a, a great game. You had the the DeRozan's daughter moment yelling. Um, that was kind of like the highlight of that. But other than that, oh, actually, Levine Levine went off. That was impressive. Yes. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, like I remember saying it multiple times, like, yo, th- whoever's screaming at this game is, is starting to give me a headache. Like I was pissed. I was like, who, who keeps doing this? And then you see all the reports after that. It's DeMar DeRozan's daughter. So I was like, all right, whatever. It's like, just trying to jeer him on. Uh, but yeah, it was good to see Levine finally show up in a, in a meaningful game. 38, I think he dropped uh, off of like 50% shooting. Got to the line a lot more too. And that was the old Levine before, you know, that was the pre-ACL injury Levine. Like get to the get to the cup, you know, get fouls, and then it's going to open up your jump shots because he he's more of like a streaky shooter like J.R. Smith used to be, where if he's getting to the lane, if he's getting to the free throw line, he gets into a rhythm, then he starts to beat you from the outside. Um, so it was good to see the, that he started off the right foot. To, um, I would take it, dropping that 39 for him. I would say, funny enough, the two losers of the Eastern Conference playing teams, uh, they probably are two teams that need to blow it up in the offseason. Tor- Toronto should have been way better. They obviously don't care to listen to Nick Nurse anymore. His voice has gone to shit in the locker room. Uh, they have a ton of talent. They just couldn't put it together this year. And then the Bulls, another team that had high hopes. They were a one seed at one point um, on the Eastern Conference side last year, like all-star break. Both those teams, they need to blow it up, rebuild, figure themselves out. Western side, I think you touched on T-Wolves, Lakers. Uh, you know, it was pretty easily a route uh, for the Lakers. It wasn't. I don't remember it being that competitive. Again, it was felt like it was years ago, but I don't remember it being competitive there. And Controlled then, game, essentially. Um, it, it essentially, I think they even went to overtime because of a... Um, uh, a fumbled, you know, foul by AD in the oh, corner on, on Mike right. Conley. Like they controlled that whole game, and like they they lost it at the end. Not lost, but they essentially lost the lead at the end because of just stupidity. Um, but like they controlled the overtime as well. Uh, so like I'm not too, I wasn't too worried about that one. And then just on the other side, Th- Thunder just happy that they won a game, get some experience. They're they're happy to be there. I'm sure. Uh, Presti's happy they have a lottery pick now, right? So they're going to hopefully get a high, you know, get lucky in the lottery. Pels, just just Mm. another disappointing year. Uh, Will Zion ever get right? Will this team get together? It's been, I think, three years of the Zion BI experiment, and they finished with uh, two nine seeds play-ins. One time they got in, one time they're out, and then not in the playoffs. So I don't know. I'm getting nervous of uh, of Zion. I'm getting real nervous and, and real Greg Oden vibes. Um, reason being is, oh, even it might even be worse. Greg Oden kind of played. Um, Zion is is tipping that scale, no pun intended. With wait a minute now, like we we you number one pick. We we're gonna pay a lot of money to you, a lot of sponsors. We've been talking about you for the last ten years since you were in middle school. 
and now you now you're saying you can't get right because of mental problems like that's that is huge you know what i'm saying so like i i hope i hope that this doesn't turn into a ben simmons situation like i i, I want i want the kid to play but you well you said it yourself true this is going to be year four of the zion experience starting next season and we don't even know if he's going to start next season yeah, you cut out for me. I think I cut out a little bit, but uh, you were saying Zion, the men, you know, something mental. I I think his his statement about not feeling like Zion was more of like, I'm not in basketball shape right now, and I can't come back and and be myself. So we'll see how it goes. I I didn't want to spend too much time in the play-ins. Um, it feels like it was a year ago at this point. Let Let's get to to our the meat of the uh, the podcast today, uh, the NBA panic meter, right? Ooh, you going straight to the meter, huh? We weren't yeah. even gonna do round ones, just meter. Okay, I like it. We can. Well, here's the thing. I feel like there are gonna be five teams. I don't want to tell what teams are gonna be just now. There are gonna be five teams we talk about. Um, we could talk about the series that they're in, but the mm-hmm. teams we're not gonna talk about or the series we're not gonna talk about. Celtics, Hawks. I don't. The Celtics should maybe gentlemen sweep at worst. Um, the T Wolves, Nuggets. That one is again not very interesting. Snooze fest. They put those games on last on every for every docket. That will be the the ten o'clock game. Yeah, and I'm I'm missing one more. Who? What's uh? No, actually, that we're covering. I'm missing one more series. Uh, you can feel me. It's that much of a snoozer. I think the rest of them are going to be close because the Bucks Heat involves injuries. The Clippers Suns are going to are, are going to be a close one. Is really not a, a snooze fest besides just that controlled Celtics Hawks. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing a, a series somewhere in there. I wish I, I wish I could remember what series it is. Oh, it was Philadelphia and uh, the Brooklyn Nets. We didn't want to talk about, but no, yeah, surprisingly Nets are enough, right now. they're dude. It's almost halftime, and the Sixers have 39, four, 39 points. It's that's insane. Nets uh, are going to be a scrappy team. That's 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 what that's going to be. I know you don't want to dig no. too much into it, but that's going to be a scrappy series, whether it goes six or seven. No, we can stop on that really quick. It's the Nets are a team, and I've watched I've watched them a little bit this year. They're not good, but they'll beat anyone on a random day. Like they can, their highs are really high. Uh, their their average is kind of mediocre, but they can they can put up some buckets. If uh, Mikael Bridges, I think he had what like uh, 20, 30, a half, like he had twenty five a half. His second half was pretty pretty mediocre, but uh, that dude can put up buckets. Yeah, they slow off the off the off the rip in this one too. Um, the thing is, the Nets are one of those teams that I think you kind of pointed up to it. They have a high ceiling, but they have a really low floor. Also, if they just shit the bed, um, there's no number one star for them. So on a given night, you can't really scheme when there's no star. You just like, oh, we'll just try to shut down anyone. But like, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith can go off if he wanted to. Obviously, I think Cam Johnson is the other one that can also go off. Um, and then, like we had talked about with with Bridges, out of nowhere, he was the most consistent scorer on the team since the trade. So, I again, that team is a good team, and the Nets were a good team, a, play, a very fun team before the whole KD and yeah. Kyrie experiment happened. We all talked about them being, hey, they're a scrappy 7th-8th seed in the East, and they're just continuing that right now. I would be more enthusiastic about their future if they didn't have the Ben Simmons contract. I don't know when the contract's uh, up, but... 
they're going to have to tag assets to get rid of Ben Simmons at this point. He's a negative asset. It's going to be asset. treated just like Westbrook. Literally, you, in order to get rid of him, you have to you have to attach draft picks to him. I mean, luckily for the Nets, your timeline's not in the next two years, probably. You're probably thinking 2025, 26 season, you want to compete. So by that point in time, I think the contract's up. All right, that's enough talk on the <laughs> uninteresting series. We think that 76ers should handle business. Even if they lose tonight, they should handle business. Celtics should handle business. Um, Nuggets should handle business and rightfully show. So let's talk about the five series that actually ended with the underdog winning um, that game. And strangely, I want to start with this one. Strangely enough, this team was the quote unquote underdog, but that they're, they're the higher seed. Uh, and you might know what I'm alluding to here. Uh, Golden State Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings. They lit the beam in Sacktown. First playoff game in <laughs> God only knows them something like 20 years. 2006. Okay, almost 20 years. They get a big win in Golden State or against Golden State, three point win. Uh, your level of panic. Let's see. Oh, wow. I'm coming right off the top. So Absolutely. we have we have five, four sounders, right? We have a alarm clock, which is not very panicking. You know, you can snooze that, that sucker. Car alarm. You know, sometimes there's like shit that falls in your car, goes through the alarm, goes off. You look out the window. Yeah, you look That's out the, the window, alarm. right? You, you just look. You have like a legit siren, like a storm's coming. You know, you got to duck and get cover. And then if for all those modern warfare players out there, when you hear that tactical nuke sound, you know shit is real. So your level of panic, Darian's level of panic on the Golden State Warriors was... Nuclear, nuclear. Yeah. So that this 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 game is really scary. Um, you got thirty from Steph, you got twenty from Clay. You got a pool that didn't really show up as much as we wanted them to, but we had uh, Wiggins seventeen off the bench, and you lost. I know that they struggled on the road the entire season, and we said it. The not road Warriors, unfortunately, they're quite the opposite. But the Kings, with with I think Demontis Sabonis not playing his best, found a way to have you know their best player in Darren uh, Darren Fox go off for forty or thirty eight. But he went off for damn near forty, and Malik Monk was right behind him off the bench. Like that's just a team that I thought that they wouldn't know how to handle the defending champs. And like, oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep running down the court and outscoring you guys. Like that's that's how we're gonna handle it. Is our speed, our athleticism is just going to run you guys out the gym. Now, granted, I know Fox even went on on you know media his presser and said that whatever the hell they joked about Steph Curry, like it's, I hate it. Like it's it's the truth. Like I can't stand covering that motherfucker. But he still went out and dropped forty. So like as exhausted as he was covering Steph, he still put up forty because he's he's got the youth on him right now. All right, let me. I have a completely different panic meter than you. I'm gonna play my level of panic on this, and then I'll explain why you're wrong. I, I'm just peeking out the window. I'm not too concerned. That's the car <laughs> alarm going off right now. Here's what's going on. They lost by three on the road, right? We all know Golden State has their struggles on the road. Wiggins is coming back. He's still a little rusty. He played well. Fox, 38 points. Malik Monk, 32 points, 80 points between the two of those. 
that ain't happening again. Maybe Fox, maybe Fox plays around with 38. You ain't getting 32 17. points out of Malik Monk. I watched, I actually watched a good portion of that game. What worries me about for Sacramento is Golden State looked very, very good. They may have lost that game. They were clicking. They looked like a championship team. And the one thing that really worries me is that the Sacramento Kings really rely on Sabonis. They need Sabonis to play well. You know what type of defense they gave Sabonis? Boxing one. They gave him the Russell Westbrook treatment. Mm -hmm. And they sat Kevon Looney at their restricted line. And guess what? Sabonis was like, oh, shit. They know. He would. He refused to shoot even a uh, elbow jumper. Right. I I think the game plan's going to work. Golden State Steph Curry had a chance to tie that up on the road. I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State won the next four. Like I I'm a believer of Sacktown. Whoa! I think they still win another game. I'm I'm guessing Golden State wins tonight because their panic meter as of right now is they they need to win this one. They don't want to go down 2-0. But for as far as the series is concerned, I'm not really concerned about the Warriors. So let me get this straight. You just said the Warriors' panic meter is must win. You said that they stopped Sabonis, but Monk and Fox won't go off for 70 again. You said the Warriors looked like a championship team, and they still lost. Like Think I'm about saying- all of those things that you just set up. For them to still lose, I get that Curry had the shot at the buzzer to tie to send it to overtime, but you just set the table with all of these things that were in the in the Warriors' favor. I'm saying this, and they lost. Steph Curry, thirty points. He can do that in his sleep, mm-hmm. right? Clay Thompson got twenty one. That's math for him. That's fine. Everyone else was pretty pedestrian. The guys on Sacramento had the game of their lives, and they only won by three. See, this is the hate that they've been receiving the but entire season is you're, you're downplaying that team, the highest efficiency offense. I think this is a Trudeau stat, too. They were, they were in line for being the best offense in the history of the NBA. At, at one point in the season, they were on pace to be the best offense in the history of the NBA. And the Warriors usually pride themselves on winning championships on defense. They winning championships or winning games if they're giving up 120 points. Like that's that's, that's just not going to happen. That's fine. Like, like that's how Sacramento plays. They're going to push the pace and take quick early shots. They're going to they the the amount of points isn't just I score in every possession. It's that we take so many quick shots that we're increasing the possessions for everyone. And we all know like from his history. I don't know why I said history is so weird. History. <laughs> history. Yeah, I, I got caught up in a thought. We all know from history, you need to play good defense to advance in the playoffs. And Golden State, yeah, they gave 126 points. That's not great. Sacramento was ranked like 25 in defense for yes. the season. They're not any better in the playoffs. I just, I, I can't see Malik Monk having that sort of game again. And outside of Fox, I don't think Sabonis can can do Sabonis things in this series just because of the way they're going to defend him. I I feel like we're going to, we're looking at Warriors and six. That's that's going to be the outcome of this series. Again, I I didn't say that I was taking the Kings. I just you asked for a panic meter, and I think I mean you even said it yourself that this is a must win for them tonight. But so I I want to preface this by saying I'm not saying that the Kings are going to win the series. I'm saying that for the young team to take on the old dogs and they actually ran them out the gym 
They got the win that, you know, they needed to get essentially. Now the pressure is all on Golden State. So like, yes, I think I think they are at a all-time high with if they lose this game, all Sacramento has to do is win one on the road. That's it. And now they're all of a sudden down 3-1. Like that's that's a big problem for Golden State. I guess maybe we we approach it differently because when I thought panic, I meant for like the whole like, are you panicked? You might lose the series, but like, yeah, they there is a sense of urgency to win tonight, and I, I'm I'm guessing they will. I might sound like a fool when you listen on podcasts when they get their ass kicked tonight, but for as far as the series is concerned, I think they're still going to be in the driver's seat, and I'm not I don't not too concerned about. Uh, from start to finish. All right, let's go to a different series. I'm trying to find a yeah. fun. Let's find one that I think we both agree on. Um, the game from yesterday, right? Yeah, the game from Sunday. Uh, the eight seed Miami Heat upsetting the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee, a team that everyone had pegged to win the championship. Uh, I'll just say it right off the bat. Both of us have the same level of panic for the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks. Hit that snooze button. Hit that snooze button. We'll, we'll wake up in another 15 minutes. I'm not worried about getting out of bed right now. Uh, both of us were pretty low panic on the Bucks. yeah? Yeah, I mean, I know that he magically put up 130 like that. I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, I think if the Bucks can prepare without Giannis or they can go into the game with Giannis, it's going to be a flip of the, uh, I would say, flip of the cake. Uh, compared to what happened on flip Sunday, of the cake. You mean coin? Yeah, man. Like, no, nah, flip, flip of the cake. Like, you got to frost both sides. You got to flip the cake and frost both sides, bro. Um, trust me, I was I was warming up for that one. But I think a bigger factor for that Heat uh, Buck series is a uh, hero broke his hand. Like that is yeah. huge. That that's essentially your second offense if it's Jimmy Butler first, and yeah. you're not you're not saying that it's Bam. You know what I mean? Like he's the second option on that team. And I think the Bucks can go further like they had in the regular season without Giannis. They went on a win streak without him. Then I think the Heat can without a hero. And not to say that Hero is a better player than Giannis. I just think there's there's more of a drop in secondary playmaking, secondary ball handling, secondary scoring with the loss of Hero than what drops with the Bucks because they still have talent. Well, I know Shams reported today that the Bucks were, quote, optimistic about Giannis's availability on, I think they play Wednesday now, so it's Monday. It's very so helpful for them. They're if optimistic. They if they're if they're already saying optimistic on a Monday, it makes me feel like he will probably suit up on Wednesday. Granted, he's not going to probably feel great. I'm guessing they'll give him some painkillers and they'll be working on him for two days straight. It helps them also that they're playing at home, so mm -hmm. it's an There's extra day. Uh, yeah, an extra day of recovery, um, and then obviously with Hero. You you nailed it with Hero. He is their second best scorer outside of Butler, and that team is they put up one thirty, which is incredible. Uh, that team's just molasses on offense, and <laughs> if if it gets stuck in the mud again, you know, in game two, they don't have Hero. It's gonna all come on Jimmy Butler. I'm looking at the box score right now. Butler had to play the forty three minutes out of a forty eight minute game, which is insane. We've seen this before, though. Um, I will say this. I think panic meter is like a DEFCOM one, which like I'm not worried at all. But I just I get the I get the the heebie-jeebies when it comes to the heat, and I think everyone has that feeling with the heat, just because like they've been there before. Jimmy Butler is an absolute animal in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if Giannis comes back, I don't think this team should be worried. Right, they could easily win next four in a row. 
but just knowing that Butler's there and he he wants it, I don't know. It gives me like the creeps a little bit. Butler's a dog, man. Like playoff Jimmy is a different is a different breed. You know, we don't have too many of them in the NBA where he is going to play 43 out of 48 minutes. And then on the next game, he's going to do the exact same thing. He's not going to come out unless he has to. Um, but I just, like you said, putting so much pressure on him, he still had his team uh, full health-wise when they went to the finals a couple of years ago. You know, granted, it was the bubble, but like he still got them there. It's a lot right now. It, it is a steep hill going up against the Bucks, um, essentially with without your your right hand man and a secondary scorer oh. and hero. Bam is a is a is a shadow of himself. I know he granted you know twenty two in, in game one, that's, but like I don't think yeah. that's the norm. I think that's a, an anomaly for him compared to what he what he's been like the last three or four years. Yeah, I was trying to look up his recent games because I. I think since like the All Star break or since December, he's been been pretty terrible, uh, mm-hmm. and I was surprised to see him have such a good game on was it uh, Sunday? But you know, so like prior to Sunday's game, uh, his points total is that did he play? Oh, he's played eight minutes in that game, so we'll, we'll omit that game. 14, 18, 9, 21, 16, 15, shooting about forty percent. So he's I was he's say forty just off rip. He's been bad. Uh, if he reverts back, I don't think he's going to play like that all, all seven games. If they, if it goes seven, right? Mm-mm. If he reverts back to himself, Butler, I don't care how good Butler is. He can't carry that dog shit squad the, the rest of the way, right? Um, and they're going to have to play guys like Duncan Robinson now who mm. will be targeted like crazy defensively. And he he's not the elite shooter he used to be. Yeah, I mean, they're... <laughs> It's weird. They have a very weird dynamic in Miami. Um, we said it that like you just don't want to play these guys, and because like all it takes is one thing to happen, and that thing happened. Giannis got hurt, but again, if if Giannis comes back at ninety percent, I think if he comes back at seventy percent, I think that they'll be fine. If he doesn't play game two, I'm gonna start to sweat a little you bit. Scratch your head, yeah. <laughs> Although to be fair, even when Giannis went out, he only played eleven minutes. They were they brought it back to being a tied game without Giannis. In like the third quarter, it it was a a thirteen point like differential to end the game, but that that blowout kind of only came towards the end of the game. Like it was still pretty close most throughout the game. Middleton yep. did his thing. Um, you have anything else in that game? No, like I said, it's uh, I won't say it's not the snooze fest. <laughs> um, the only concern is just if Giannis doesn't come back, uh, if he's on the floor. Bucks take it. If he's not on the floor, that's when you know that little alarm hitting the snooze button. You, you sit up and you look out the window and you're like, "Hey, what? What, what was that noise?" Uh, so I think that would be the only scary thing if uh, if Giannis doesn't play on Wednesday. I don't know where there's so there's three games left. We want to touch on three three teams. Uh, I feel like I don't really love like talking about this one, but I'll play it now just so we can get out of the way. Maybe we'll go yeah. through it quick. Uh, another team that was favored at home. They actually had a decent uh, favoriting as far as the whole series is concerned. First time back in the playoffs without LeBron James, Cleveland Cavaliers, very excited to be home. You know, the Knicks, we're not sure about Julius Randle, but they come in, Randle just comes on with a tear to start <laughs> the game. Uh, the Knicks take this one, bing bong, everyone's happy. Your, I'm trying to think. This is your panically, uh, panic meter in this one. All right, so you're 
not super concerned, but you're giving it a peek is what I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking out the window um, because I think the team in New York is forming in the area of like playing as a full team. Uh, if Randall stays in the all-star Randall that like he was, I think at the beginning of the season, kind of tailed off post all-star all-star weekend. Um, and then Jalen Brunson does what Jalen Brunson has been doing. Like the point guard is the head of the snake. I don't want to get that confused with how LeBron James called John Morant. I don't know if you saw that clip, but I think it's hilarious. Um, essentially Jalen Brunson showed why he's a one, a type of point guard for a team in the playoffs. And like, that's momentum, right? Like they did what they needed to do. They, they got the job done on the road. All you have to do is take one. And then, you know, you essentially went both in New York and all of a sudden you're up three, one. Um, so I would say it's, it's kind of nerve wracking. Uh, but Donovan Mitchell is proving that he is 38. Yeah, man. He is, uh, I, I said it during the game. He's like a Dwayne Wade reincarnated just minus the, the blocking Dwayne Wade was really good. He's a good defender. Yeah, and like Donovan Mitchell will stay in your way, but like he's not, you know, he's not using his athleticism to block you. Dwayne Wade had like the most blocks as like a shooting guard in the history of the league. Uh, but like he's doing Dwayne Wade esque things where it's like, look, I'm six foot, get on my back, and I'm going to carry this team as much as I can. And he went off a of 38. So it's not, I can't say that they lost because of him. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like it was an inefficient 38. Is is 14 out of 30 for a six foot guard. I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty self sufficient. I feel a little differently. I'm, I'm a little more worried if I'm the Cavs mm-hmm. because let's just this series was coming super was going to be super competitive regardless, right? It was going to be probably the closest first round series in the Eastern Conference at least, and to lose your first game at home, it's going to put you in the hole. And then secondarily to that, I think we may have overestimated how good that Cavs starting lineup is because we talked about this matchup before this week, right? We both said, well, we like the Cavs starting four five better than the Knicks, but we like the Knicks depth coming off the bench with heart and quickly. I'm looking at some of this, these performances by the Cavs. Obviously Mitchell was the best player. will be the best player in the series. Garland, 17 points didn't really show up. Allen, 14 he had 14 boards, so he did. He was fine. But then the other guys, Mobley, everyone's favorite rising superstar, was a sh- was a shell. Eight points, 11 boards, and then a core of six points. And then we know that their bench is not going to be. They got absolutely nothing off the bench. Yeah. So my level of panic's a little higher because you need to sh- if you're if the series is supposed to be this close, you need to show up at least at home. Mm-hmm. And if they fall into a hole and their guys are going to be a little rusty for the first couple games with the playoff jitters, if they lose their next game, it might be over for the Cavs already just because of how good these teams are like competitive as far as like their talent levels. I'm, I'm super worried if I'm the, if I'm the Cavs because I could easily see them putting up a dud next game and then could be it. It's over. Yeah, I mean, I think Taihi hit it on this one. Um, I think this is a series that can go seven, uh, six or seven. I think I think the Cavs get it back game two. Um, first first series jitters, you might call it. I know that um, Mitchell has the experience, you know, especially with being out in Utah. But some of these other guys, Mobley, Okoro, um, Garland, and and Allen wasn't really a playoff bound player when he was in Brooklyn. So like those those are the guys that like they're going up against a team that. 
Jalen Brunson is like essentially like the guy that's leading the the Knicks right now. So I feel like if they if they get where they're supposed to be, they get something off the bench because essentially like the the bench is supposed to perform better at home. If they don't, then yes, the meter will go from like a car alarm to I mean excuse me the uh, the alarm clock to the car alarm like oh yo hey what's what's out there because it, it usually the the bench doesn't perform yeah. well on the road and now they'll have back to back games in the mecca in which they have the opportunity to yeah this is this is essentially it um they'll they have an opportunity to not close the series but essentially put it in a in a stranglehold with back to back games at the mecca yeah i you know what's uh, another thing i just noticed about this game i didn't i didn't watch it too closely do you think the Knicks are regretting this RJ Barrett contract already? They should have regretted it the minute they signed it. Seven points, two for twelve shooting, uh, in their yeah, their first. Granted, they won, but man, Barrett is just such an inefficient volume shooter, and he, they're paying him. I don't know what it is. I think it's close to max, if not max extension for uh, the rookie deal. They have to be regretting that a little bit. I think he's a player. That's a future trade for a slot. I don't. I don't think it's a long-term commitment with him. I think part of his contract is to sign him to match contracts of other players that will help benefit your team in the future. So I, I don't. I don't see this. This is like an NBA 2K play for him, where it's you sign him for the bread, you try to get as much out of him as you can, you showcase his talent, and then you know you trade him away in the offseason where that extension doesn't really hurt you. So I, I don't think that they they're saying that they disregard like they they missed on that extension because if you get you know all star player out of him, not even all star player, if you get like you know reserve all star caliber player out of him, it's a win. And then if you don't, you know you you trade away that contract. I don't think that's going to be a hard one to get rid of. This game was really the Josh, Josh Hart game. I'm just going to say it right yes. now because you got the same production pretty much from Brunson and Randall than you got from Garland. And uh, Mitchell, granted, Mitchell had a little bit more than Brunson, but the big difference here: Josh Hart, seventeen points off the bench, ten rebounds. Compare that to the bench uh, of the Cavs, man. That dude, that dude was a, was a difference maker in this game. We said it. We we said that the Josh Hart signing was low key one of the best signings in the offseason. Sorry, in the um, in the the, the trade deadline uh, when they picked him up, when they got him onto the team. They went on a serious run. Oops, sorry, I hit my mic. They went on a serious run where, like, he was the most productive player off the bench in the league. And he brings championship mentality. He brings the experience of based off of where he's been literally in the league. He has the ability to pull the team just based off of what uh, Tibbs wants him to run. Like, he is a run and gun three and D point guard, but he plays the one through four. He'll match up against literally anybody on the court and he'll run through a wall for his team. So I think that's that's the veteran that you want leading somebody like a uh, um, a Brunson, Randall, and supposed to be uh, JR. And that that's going to be a, 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 a rock fight. RJ, the whole series. I said JR, RJ Barrett, my bad. Think about JR. Bad Jr. Just the meme. I keep saying Smith. So I said Smith earlier. I, I made one 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 reference to Jr. Smith. It's all good. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a rock fight. Probably going seven. Uh, next game is on Tuesday. Cleveland's favored, or yeah, favored by five and a half. Um, I would assume they have some urgency. Their panic meter is high for the next game, so we'll see how that turns out. Next game. Do you want your your boys the the Lake Show? Let's go with the Lake Show. Yeah. They they took care of business against the Grizzlies. It is an upset in the fact that it was a 2-7. I think the series odds were minus 130. 
uh, favored uh, the Grizzlies. So they weren't huge favorites coming into this series. People had a lot of disrespect for them. And I guess rightfully so. Uh, Lakers went in there. It, to be fair, they I don't know what the final score was. I, I have to look it up right now. But they, they won by a decent margin. I don't think it it got blown out until like the very end of that. Three minutes. It's like three minutes left in the game. It was a close game for the most part. Uh, the score doesn't re- re- reflect that. Your level of panic on the Memphis Grizzlies was... High, tie. Not so the highest, though. So I'm not. I'm not going full Defcom. I'm not ready to, you know, full panic meter that. But like, this is like, hey, man, we got, we got to get it. We got to get out. Yeah, somebody's got to mention an injury, right? Yeah, of course. Um, what I will say is the the only reason why the the panic meter for me for the Grizzlies is so high is because of Jaw's injury. Yeah. Now I know it's a it's a hand, but it's a shooting hand, and. Essentially, if he he's already an an okay but not efficient three point shooter, if you can take away his drive, you will make him very one dimensional. And the defense for the Lakers, which they have been really good, essentially they one of the best defenses in the league, is now being matched with their efficient offense. LeBron got surrounded by some shooters. He got surrounded by some guys that are ready to throw up shots. Austin Reeves, AR fifteen, is one of them. And I'm not even ready to just give that man his flowers yet, but I'm just saying like that the 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 Grizzlies are are going to be in some trouble if they lose this game on Wednesday. I have I have mixed feelings about this one for me. I ha- I I have them at this panic meter, but I'm I'm kind of wavering. This is where I have the Grizzlies right now. Ooh. That's a nuclear bomb, baby. DEFCON 5 for the Grizzlies. And he, here's why I have the Grizzlies at a DEFCON 5. I'm not going to lie. You surprised me with this one. Um, the Lakers, you you love the Lakers. That's your squad. The One of the best teams since the trade deadline. Best defense in the league since the trade deadline. Hottest team coming into the playoffs. Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, John Moran gets hurt. The hands hurt. I'm listening to a podcast today. Uh, I'm listening to the Hoop Collective, and someone was in the locker room after, uh, you know, doing interviews, and they saw Jaw there, and he noticed that Jaw was—he's a right righty. Um, he was doing everything with his left. He went to go get some socks. He had to hand socks to a security guy to undo the. So- you know, you roll up your socks. Had mm-hmm. to hand the socks to get them unrolled. Wouldn't wouldn't move his hand at all. Um, and then after the game, his you know his morale is real downtrodden. He made it sound like he's probably not coming back. So mm. my, I'm if if Jaws not coming back, which it seems like he's gonna miss a couple games at the very least. My my panic is at a all time high because they were already up against it coming to the series. Healthy, they needed to win some of these games at home. They already lost the first one. Lakers are just on a tear. This is the and also like just looking at how the Lakers got it done, it was everyone, man. Like every, oh, yeah. everyone played well. Even freaking Rui, <laughs> Rui, baby, Rui, <laughs> Rui with twenty nine. Rui Hachimura. He'll never do that again. He'll never do that again, Rui Hachimura. But but it, hey, we he, don't. Need you got the Rui game. You go got ahead, the Rui go ahead, game. Go but I would. I'm just gonna say it's like. It wasn't one guy carrying the whole team. It was impressive win by the Lakers. I will say this though. 
This is the one thing why I thought maybe I should tone down the panic meter a little bit. Did you watch the game? I assume yes. Yes. LeBron James only played 34 minutes out of 48, which is 34 is good. It's not like overly taxing. That man was gassed at the end of game one playing 34 minutes. And if you're the Grizzlies, you have a chance if you can extend the series to seven or six. Play fast, play up pace, make those Lakers run. Make LeBron and AD run up and down the court. Use your youth, use your athleticism, wear them down, and and maybe win in six or seven if Ja comes back. But like, if you let the Lakers strike now and take you down early, it's over, man. Yeah, and I like I like essentially what you're saying with that because it's true. You know, he's 38 years old, so like, yeah, he he's going to he's going to essentially Father Time does wind you down. And something that I did hear um, earlier, and yes, big shout outs to Zay on this one. Um, definitely one of the guys that I had mentioned off off air that said Rui scored a quiet 29. Bro, I was like, you don't five, quietly score 29. Five like, of six from possible. three. Five of six from three. That's insane for Rui. Well, I mean, is he expected to do that again? I've yeah, heard his life. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he'll have the best game of his career back to back games. But for the for for Windy, I think might have said it that this was the first time in a in a twenty year career LeBron James did not have to be LeBron James and his team won in the playoffs. That I think is I won't say scary, but it goes to show you like look I under, I understand I am a I'm a Laker fan I am a, a team purple and gold I get that but just look at what's happening and LeBron was able to take a backseat to AD who's proving he can be top dog offensively and defensively in the NBA. You have your secondary player, which is either Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell. Excuse me. Uh, hey, Excuse jo- me. Jokes or not, Austin is- Reeves is showing he is this guy right now. And like he might be on that Tyler Hero thing, but Tyler Hero helped lead his team to the finals because of it. So like he's doing what he needs to do to get his team advancing. And then you have Rui off the bench, so like they they're clicking at like at all t- at an all time high right now, and I told you just don't let this team get hot, and they're getting hot in the, at the right time, and they caught a little bit of a break with John Morant. I don't wish I don't wish anything injury wise uh, on another man, but that injury is huge to that team. I think you have it wrong. LeBron James doesn't have to be LeBron James because it's not his team no more. It's Austin Reeves' team, baby. <laughs> Let that man cook. Let him cook. Oh, man. He's in the kitchen, baby. He is in the kitchen. All right. Last matchup game last night. Clippers, Phoenix Suns. Everyone's favorite to make it to the finals in the West. Phoenix Suns. Big home favorite against the Clippers without Paul George. Managed to pull off. A, uh, well, I'm sorry. The, um, the Clippers managed to pull off a win against the Phoenix Suns. Darian, your level of panic was... Pretty high. Yeah, right before DEFCOM. And reason being, and I'll let you get to your point, Kawhi. Now, Kawhi is scary. The same way that we don't want to see playoff Jimmy, we don't want to see playoff Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard is a three-time NBA champion. He is a finals MVP. And he's a defensive menace. We saw him put up 38 I don't remember the last time he put up damn near 40 in a game. 
regular season or playoffs. Not only that, he took the matchup. He said, I'm going to cover Kevin Durant. Durant was okay. You know what I'm saying? He still put up his bucket. They, I think uh, he put up to 27. They but didn't feed him the ball, really, that much. That First was, quarter, that was fourth quarter. It was weird. The, yeah. The fourth quarter in crunch time, Kawhi was like, I'm going to take I'm gonna take KD. And KD became like passive Kevin Durant. They which, didn't give him the ball. They didn't like draw anything up for him, though. I think that's more in the coach. Oh, no, 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 no. Do not blame coaching when it comes to one of, if not the best player on the but planet, who, not getting the rock. Kevin Durant. Who has the ball? You, who has the ball? That, that Chris Paul. Go get it. Chris Paul. I don't care. Go get the ball. I don't care if you got Booker. I don't care if you got Chris Paul. I'm Kevin fucking Durant. Go get the ball and you be that player. You don't shy away from it, especially in crunch time when your team needs it. Miss me with its coaching. That's that's a player problem. That's not a coaching thing. Are you all worried about three of 19? What are you talking about? So what are you talking about for, for, from three? West, Westbrook. He got 36 minutes in the game, went three for 19 for nine points. I will say in his defense, he did seal the game. So yes. he won them the game, but he also made terrible decisions throughout the game to put them in that spot. Well, think of it this way. He probably can't play worse than that moving forward. That's fair. It's, it's still almost, I mean, granted, I know his his triple-doubles are back-end triple-doubles, so like, I hate that he does almost get them per, per game. But, I mean, I don't see him going 3 for 19 again. I think they'll, you know, and he, a majority of them was, was like to the cup too. Like it wasn't even just he was settling for jump shots. He was trying to make, you know, plays at the bucket. So I, I just don't see him doing that again. So my, my panic meter is this and it's for a different reason. I, I'm pretty alarmed and I, that's not to say I don't think that they'll win the series, right? Because I think obviously, um, you know, you have Kawhi on one side, but as far as the superstar talent, you have three, like two superstar scorers in Durant and Booker. You know, a Hall of Fame point guard, right? The point guard. Aiton's a fantastic player himself. So they could easily come back and win this series just because of the pure talent. Here's, here's where I'm like, this is why I'm... 55 minutes... 10 points. That was the bench contributions for the Suns. And mm. we talked about this all season, man. Since they made no that depth. trade, they have no depth. And it's it's weird because they went 11 people deep. 11 in the playoffs. No, that, no one does that. You mm. go 8 deep, maybe 9. Right? In the- granted, granted, a lot of foul trouble early for that team. A lot of foul trouble well, early for the Suns. Here, here's the thing, too. If you look at the minute distribution, right? The one guy they went on, they went deep on the bench, Landry Sham at 24 points. Everybody else, seven minutes, seven minutes, five, eight, four. You know what that tells me? They have zero faith in any of those guys on the bench. They're just like plugging and playing, and they're hoping like maybe this guy catches fire. Get two minutes out of him and get him off the get him off the get him off the court. I think that's going to be the ultimate downfall of the Phoenix Suns. Like I, the reason why I'm panicked is, could they win the series? Absolutely, because they got Kevin Durant, right? If they advance, they're going to still have to play maybe what the the, the Denver Nuggets, of another very good team. They're going to have to maybe play Golden State Warriors. Like that lack of depth eventually is going to catch up with them yeah, at I'm some point. Although to be fair, Kevin Durant could just carry them through like, you know, through the whole thing, but it's you don't usually see it. You have to have some help. 
Yeah, but like that's so that's where I get it. And Ty, I, I appreciate what you're saying. Like, it's not even an ego thing. Like, I I really do believe that if you're if you are a top dog, if you're supposed to be one of the best players in the history of the game, especially one of the best scorers, you can't let you know get down to the crunch time, five minutes left in the game, and you take one shot because we would be flaming LeBron James if he did that. So let alone like Kevin Durant, who's a better scorer than LeBron James, essentially. Um, like, I'm not going to give him a pass. I, I think that that's that's unacceptable for his talent. And granted, I think you're you're in the same boat that I was with uh, with the Warriors Kings. I'm not saying the series is over. I just think that this is, you know, you don't want to go down 0-2 because we we've seen what what Kawhi can do in the playoffs. It's scary. Um, we've seen him carry a team, literally a bunch of um, I won't say nobodies, but at the time they were a bunch of nobodies in Toronto. And he brought them to a championship. Granted, there were some injuries that helped along the way in the finals with with Kevin Durant and Clay missing, but like, still a championship, still a championship is is all that matters. And Kawhi has the has the mentality to bring a team there, especially if he's going off for thirty eight. I will say if if they advance, the Clippers that is, and they can get Paul George back in the second mm-hmm. round, that would be huge for them. So Kawhi just has to find a way to get through this one series. And the one thing about Kawhi is this. There's not a lot of people that you can place in a series against Kevin Durant and say that player is better than Kevin Durant. Kawhi consistently, I'm not going to say he's better than Kevin Durant, but he can have nights where he's absolutely better than Kevin Durant. Yeah, he can go he can go blow for blow with them, and he plays better defense. That's the that's the the Achilles. I don't even want to use that because he, he tore that shit up. But that's essentially like the um, the kink in the armor for Kevin Durant is. I'm trying to think of all these euphemisms to use, but like the. Durant is going to be an offensive juggernaut. Kawhi can be an offensive juggernaut, but he can also be a defensive stopper, and Kevin Durant is not. Yeah, that'll be a fun series. That's probably going six or seven. It's going to be a long one. I don't think it's going to be close anytime soon. All right, let's get into our next segment and win some mother effing money. By the way, do you feel like the show has gone smoother today? Yeah, why? Are you going to tell us what we're doing something differently? Oh, your internet or you got a new computer? No white claw today. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't hear a crack of a beer. You're right. There was no crack of a beer. It's strange. I'm not drinking and I'm actually better at this. Who would have oh, thought? Who would have thought, man? Thought? Thought? Also, win some goddamn money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. I forget what our bet was. We won last week. I know that for a fact. I think we went Austin Reeves, 12 points, 1-3, and then AD with the 2010 game. We hit that. That was the bet. Uh, So we're 2-3 on the season. I want to take a chance this week. So I've actually been betting a little bit in the playoffs. And, man, it's so hard to predict uh, player props in the playoffs because teams decide to shut players down. It's like lock them down, I mean, on a given night, and they just don't hit numbers. So, like... It's hard to translate the numbers someone gets from the regular season to the playoffs. You're giving me a look like that, but like just like a Philly right now. I think Embiid has 10 points right now going into the fourth quarter. Who would have thought that against against the Nets? But they've made a conscious effort to shut down Embiid, right? And, and make they purposely make a hey, Embiid. We're going to need you to not score in this game. You think that it's was all part rigged? Of the no, well, let me. That's a different segment. Uh, that's the truth. Though. My point is that like yeah, it's like anyone but Embiid can eat tonight. Like. When you get into a playoff series, 
team strategize way more. Oh, you mean the defense? Okay. I was like, what are you talking no, about? No, no, you no, think no. The, I mean, you like think defenses. the 76ers are like, hey, man, Embiid. And take the night off. Let's, no. let's try to get let's try to get hard in some buckets. I was like, what? My point is, defenses strategize differently yes. okay. in the postseason than the play uh, regular season, so it's hard to pick player props. So we're going to go actually with just straight up games this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get us started off, and I think there's a theme to our parlay. It's called the panic meter parlay. <laughs> so we talked about a bunch of teams that are on the hot seat. They feel the panic. I'm going to go right off the bat. Milwaukee Bucks. Um, we're not going to take money line. We want some more juice. We're going to buy a couple points. I think the spread right now is nine. We're going to go with minus six points, Milwaukee Bucks for the first game. I will say this as a preface, we're going to pick a couple games. The Bucks are the last one sequentially. If you win the first two games and Giannis is ruled out for game two, I'm, I'm cashing out the bet and taking whatever you get at that point. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that. Um, I mean, if you again, we I think we said it off air for those that are listening, especially those that have been in the chat. Again, we appreciate y'all. But I got Ty He, I got Zay Bell, I got hip hop. Any of y'all that want to contribute to throwing in what we should use as a parlay, let us know and we'll see if yeah, we can you try got to add it like. into the parlay. Um, but for you, you went with Buck, so I'm gonna go again a non money line. Forgive me if I'm not using Are you going money line? Are you go okay? Go ahead. I, yeah, yeah, I'm got? gonna go with the non money line one. I'm gonna take the Suns. And the same thing that we talked about, the panic meter one. Uh, give me five on on the sun, on the Suns, so that we can try to get them. They need this win. They need this win. It needs to be a controlled win. So you're saying you're gonna give five points because they're the favorites. I'm trying to think, see what they are. What's a um, line right now for the Suns? So they're playing Tuesday night. They're seven and a half point favorites. You're saying we'll we'll buy a couple points. We'll go nine is five instead. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, just to, to cover our ass. Okay, so like. We're picking two teams at home right off the bat that need to get a win to avoid going down 0-2. Our last our last leg, the same idea. Going Cleveland Cavaliers. We talked earlier. I think Ty Heave mentioned it or someone mentioned in the chat. This is a must win. If they go down 2-0 to the Knicks, it's over. I'm not giving the points. I think it's a 4.5 point uh, spread right now or 5.5 5, uh, point spread. I just want them to win. It's going to be a dog fight. I can't trust the Cavs to to win by six points. Just to go money line, right? Just get the win. Just win, baby, as Al Davis used to say. Um, just win, baby, win. Yeah. I like I like people are giving us suggestions in the chat. I got Taihi, add me a leg. Okay, what do you got, Taihi? Throw it. Throw us a, a suggestion in the chat, and I'll we'll, we'll we'll consider it. I'll maybe remove one of mine. Uh, and then I got JJJ with two blocks. Again, I don't fuck with pay, player props in, uh, <laughs> in the postseason, man. I, I mean, we, hey, we did AR. AR both AD. And that I was also regular line. season, though. No, that was the play-in. Play All right, that's fair. Play-in. Like, he, he needs AD needs to do 20 and 10 for them to win that game. They did, and AR needs to. I do like uh, that. That the tie heat he under 106.5 the heat the seed offense is going to be absolutely dog shit they've I, just put up 130 yeah they ha- that's never happened again their their whole life uh and then zay bell with the comment bing bong uh madison Square Garden going to go nuts if it's oh two uh in favor of the knicks but we're going to go with right now the bucks minus six i'll i'll check that out uh tie and see if i can add that in if it's worth it bucks minus six suns minus five Cavs money line that brings us to a plus 236, which means if you bet $10, you're going to get a return of 
what, $23 in profit. So not, not bad, not bad. It's Duncan Robinson over 30, 20 points. Chance. Yeah. If you want to lose your money, bet with, bet with these guys. All right. <laughs> that was the Frizz and the Grizz parlay. Let's hit this one, D. Get back to 500 for the season. I like it. Amen. All right, I did not change the uh, the board yet because we have two potential things, places to go. We probably have time for one more segment, I would guess. Um, so do you want to go more NBA and talk about NBA awards or do you want to go a little NFL, talk about guys getting the bag and maybe I don't know where else to go with that one, uh, the draft? I really don't want to do drafts. So I don't want to waste the whole segment on just Hurts. Um I mean, I think just do a quick one, just saying like I'm glad that he got paid, but like I don't want to, I don't want to go on the on full details into that. I'd rather go awards. All right, um, and then guys, if you know, if you want to throw some money, Venmo us. We'll put the bet in. We'll all go together. I'll take the money from the guys in the chat, and then when we win, we'll keep the profits. <laughs> I mean, that's how it goes right now. In case you guys are wondering, we bet as a collective unit. I like to throw in my suggestions, such as the Lakers are going to do X, Y, and Z. AD is going to go 20 and 10. Austin Rivers is going to get his buckets. He's going to get his threes. Austin Rivers. That, Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves, sorry. And then and then I get nothing out of that. So we win, but I don't get a dime. I, I, I will of that say, shit. you joke all, around all every week. All I do week. is I just get another opportunity to bet the next week. That, you, that's you all. You joke I'm, every week, but I, I'll tell you what, I have like a thousand different betting accounts open. We can, waiting for you to say over a thousand dollars. Like, yeah, I didn't see a look at that money yet. <laughs> we, we can designate, if you want, one of my accounts to the show you could throw some money and we can just start at zero and just work our way from there see where we go do you want to just do that create another email for me and then like then i can use that oh, like they'll just they'll let you keep let like, me tell you let me tell you free money if you keep adding usernames uh with betting they need your social security number brother oh <laughs> yeah that goes to show you i don't pay attention to that stuff. uncle sam wants his cut when you when you win I'll tell you that. Fair so, um, yeah, we'll talk offline about that. Maybe we can get a little something, something going. I don't, I don't like the bet MGM, so we can maybe use that one. Dra mm. DraftKings for life, and DraftKings, you know, we're here. We don't have a sponsor yet, so oh, there you go. Feel free to holler. holler Pick at us your up, boys. baby. All right, NBA awards. Obviously, tonight we actually got an official uh, award given out. Jaron Jackson Jr. Depoy. I will say this: if if people are uninitiated, there's been there's this guy who for many years puts together a, a spreadsheet. It's a Google Sheets. And he does. He has people all around the country do research and try to find out, like, let's say, do you have a vote? You have, you, you're, a, you're a famous podcaster. You can vote for the NBA Awards. After you submit your vote, you, know, you go on your podcast and say, man, I voted for so-and-so for MVP and so-and-so for six-man. And this information gets aggregated. This guy puts it on a spreadsheet. They look, you know, he has a team looking across thousands of podcasts, publication, so they can kind of piece together how these awards who's are going to win, who's going to win. Um, so I have this sheet in front of me. Um, he did have Jaron Jackson Jr. winning the Depoy uh, pretty, pretty heavily. So I don't know if you want to talk about Depoy, um, but we'll, well, we can circle there later. MVP, uh, I probably no surprise to you. Who do you think is the pretty heavy leader at MVP voting. 
according I to the spreadsheet. The, yeah, I think the league kind of got, I would say, over Jokic. So I think if they got over Jokic, that would that would escalate uh, Embiid into the uh, the favorite for being MVP this year. I think he finally gets it. Yeah. So they, I think they have fifty eight percent of the confirmed ballots. Right, so they've got fifty percent, fifty-eight percent of the votes uh, based on like public information, and Embiid has a huge, huge, huge lead over both Giannis and Jokic. Giannis and Jokic actually pretty close for second place. Uh, Jokic right now with a slight lead, I think deserved. Like I think he's going to yeah. win at this point. It seems uh, a foregone conclusion. Uh, he's awesome down the stretch. Uh, Jokic kind of faded. You know, Giannis is awesome. By the way, I just want to say that Giannis is—if he could have—he could have won. I wouldn't have been upset about that. Yeah, I mean, Embiid had an, an absolutely incredible year. Um, you know, shout out to him for what he did in the regular season and 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 leading that team to being, I think, the two seed, right? Either two to three, um, three seed. I think I think he's defining again the same thing that Jokic was able to do, which is like being a valuable player as a big in which they were kind of getting rid of that position. And now they're, you know, it's coming back where like you can be, you can be definitely meaningful as, as a center slash power forward. Um, so like, you know, I, I give him his flowers. I think he finally deserves it. Last couple of seasons, he was, he was definitely plaguing for it, um, saying that he, he should have been the MVP. So give it to him now, shut him up, uh, and then see if you can try to win a ring. Because once you get that, once you get that MVP, like then the next, the next step is to win a championship. So like, we know that there are players that are like, I want to win an MVP because I want to add to my collection. That's Giannis, but he's got a ring to back it up. Now, Embiid, if you win this, you got to start escalating yourself to championship level because we're going to do the same thing to Jokic, where it's like, yo, man, like, are you a player that can actually win a championship or are you just the guy that's going to put up stats every year? Yeah, I think, so Zay's making a point that, you know, the Philly roster is, is much better than Denver. I would actually say that, Denver has gotten a much better roster this year. This is probably Embiid's, I'm sorry, Jokic's best supporting cast. Uh, you know, they have Michael Porter Jr. for a full season. Um, Jamal Murray's been, been pretty good for them. Um, I'd probably say top 50-ish, 40-ish per, like level. Uh, Aaron Gordon was like a low-key potential all-star the first half of the season. He's fallen off. And then if you look at Philly, like you, Philly has names. Right, like obviously James Harden's a huge name, still very very good. He's not MVP James Harden. Tyrese Maxey, uh, probably their third or second best player, depending on how uh, Harden's feeling. And then like Tobias Harris, that's just a name. Like he's Tobias Harris is not good. Uh, and then you know just to go on the beat side, like in the past, Jokic has been the guy who has all the advanced numbers that support his case. As the season progressed, more of those advanced numbers have actually pivoted to support Embiid. And I think the, the biggest reason why Embiid's winning this over Jokic is, listen, I'm a Jokic guy. I, I put money on Jokic to win this, win this thing. And down the stretch, the last month of the season, Jokic is just game after game going for it. And I watch Embiid in a game they, they want to win against the Rockets where he's playing they lose to the damn Rockets by like 15 points. Like you can't lose to the Houston Rockets by 15 points and be the MVP. I'm sorry. I, I get what you're saying on that one. Um, but again, it's not, it's not just a one game thing. I think it's, it's what he's bringing. And like you were saying, I think the Nuggets have a better team and 
the roster for the 76ers isn't as good. So Embiid is able to carry that team further with less talent than Jokic is that, that he can just, again, do the same thing over and over. And if, if we're going to do the same thing that we did to LeBron James, like LeBron James could have won 10 MVPs because he leads the statistical categories for his team every single year. And that's what Jokic is doing. But does Jokic just because he's doing that, does not make him the most valuable player in the league compared to just the most valuable player on his team. You remove Embiid from, you know, the 76ers, they're not a three seed. You remove the, you know, I would say Jokic from the Nuggets. They may not be a one, but they're probably a two or three. I don't think the, I don't think the 76ers are a three or a four or yeah. even a five seed without Embiid. I would, I would, I would argue that Jokic means more to his team than Embiid does. I think that team, like the heart and soul of that team, when the 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 numbers, the plus minus of like when Jokic is on court versus off court, it's insane with that team. He he, I mean to be fair, like the team was built around him being there. You know, like everything's kind of designed around him. Um, and then I just to answer a question from the chat about Bones Highland getting getting booted. That was a like a culture thing. He him and the the organization did not see eye to eye. That was more of uh get the you know I don't want to say cancer, but like. Get the bad juju out of the locker room sort of deal. Um, yeah, I, shout out Embiid. Congratulations. I know it hasn't been officially announced yet, but that's pretty much where this is going. Rookie of the year, uh, Paulo basically ran away at this thing. Um, almost unanimous, it looks like. One one jackass voted for Walker Kessler. <laughs> Seriously, right now the confirmed votes, 26 First place for Paolo, one for Walker Kessler. Like, come on, you're really going to be the guy that votes for Walker Kessler? Come on. I mean, there was that one guy that didn't make Ken Griffey Jr. in unanimous. Remember that? Uh, who was the guy? Someone made Jeter not ununanimous in the Baseball Hall of Fame. One person didn't vote him for the Hall of Fame out of like 250. There's always one guy. Baseball is corny. Like, yeah. just just absolutely corny. And I think Mariano Rivera got it the next year. It's like... He was the, he's Rivera. good, though. He's the GOAT. Yeah, no, 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 no. Trust me. Don't take this as shade for me saying that he's not the best closer in the history of the game. But Ken Griffey Jr. Deserve was one it. of, yeah. if not the purest hitter wow. in the history of the sport. And he didn't get a unanimous decision, but a closer did? Miss me with that, man. Come on. Some cornball was like, no, I don't like the way he swings left-handed. Let's not give him that vote. Like no. That's probably how he sounded when he cast, here's my vote. A lot like, of those no, guys, the baseball writers are kind of like petty. And if like you don't yes. give them enough time in their interview, they'll remember it for 20 years and not vote you in the Hall of Fame. Uh, another one, I don't think it takes too much time. Most improved player looks like it's pretty heavily going to go to Laurie Markkinen. Nice. Good for him. Uh, you know, he was kind of a castaway in the deal to Utah. Where was he? Is it Cavs before? Chicago. He was in Chicago and then in Cleveland. Then Cleveland. Uh, all-star started this year. Shout out to him. Uh, SGA was a second place getter, which I mean, he's like, he took a huge leap. I just, the most improved player to me, it's such a weird award because you go from like a, a B superstar to like an A superstar. Is that, do you, do you deserve the award or should you go from like being average to great? Like how, how, do, where do you like have to have a leap from and to? Yeah, it is a tough one to judge. I would have given the nod to SGA because of it, but I see what they're doing with it going to Laurie Markin because, like, again, he was a castaway, you know, not not anything. And for him to do what he did in Utah was 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 pretty admirable, obviously. Yeah. Shout out to the chat, by the way. Super active today. 
digging it. Y'all just having jokes amongst yourself. I, I like it. <laughs> um, all right. So we're a six man. Uh, six man was a tight race. You know, people wanted to argue quickly. It was basically quickly or Brogdon uh, down the mm-hmm. stretch. I feel like there's a large enough sample size to probably call it. Uh, right now, confirmed votes. I think they have 28% of the ballots confirmed. 104 total points for Brogdon and 73 total points for Quigley. So Brogdon's starting to pull away. Looking like the most improved uh, six. I'm sorry, the six man of the year, Brogdon. Do you have any thoughts on that one? No, I I mean, pre that information, I would have said Quigley. But like I can 100% agree with it being Brogdon also. Like I, I think he's been the leader off of that team, essentially as a second unit. So that's that's good, and he—I mean—he's the Tony. He's he's a Manu Ginobili. Like he he comes off the bench, but he's not sitting the bench. You see what I'm saying? Like he's still playing minutes as a starter, um, which is always a very strange award for me. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think I think that's a well deserved if he does get that, um, because I think he he was he's been a huge benefactor to to weathering the storm for what's what's happening up in Boston for them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a little Celtics bias in the chat. But I think I think quickly deserved the loved. I think it should have been that close. And the reason why is this: Brogdon was more of like a very calm, steady force. He's not super flashy. He gets the job done. He defends well. He he you know gets to the gets to the bucket. He actually advanced numbers. I think he was the probably. I think he was like the best uh, reserve in the league as far as plus minus like their actual impact and mm-hmm. he could run that second unit but with yeah. him he had JB he has JT on that team he's not going to look super flashy in comparison whereas you have Quigley where that team sometimes struggles to you know develop a really fluid offense and Quigley would come in and just get you buckets and just go off and and just get like you know like a 2k you have the, I don't know if they sell the microwave badge do they like 10 years ago. Okay, I haven't played 2K in a while, but like he's like the microwave guy. Like He can come in and get hot quick and get some buckets. So I, I see why people would maybe go towards quickly because he meant more offensively to that team, but I think Brogdon's probably the right choice um, just because he's just such a steady force on the best, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I like I said, well deserved. I would have gone quick quickly before before we had talked about it, but it, it makes sense it, it being Brogdon if he does take the award home. I didn't mention Depoy because it's officially announced. Uh, Jaren Jackson, Jackson Jr. Jr. It wasn't really close. Um, pretty runaway. A lot of people voted for Evan Mobley, actually. Uh, second, I thought Lopez would have been second. Second, Lopez was second. So here's here's what okay. I got. Confirmed ballots, 33%. Um, 103 points for Jaron Jackson Jr., 62 for Brooke Lopez, 54 for Mobley. So like Mobley and Lopez were pretty close to three on that one. People just kind of got weird with Mobley just because advanced numbers and he can guard multiple positions and, and that sort of thing. That was the same type of thing that happened with Jaron Jackson Jr. Though, like a lot of his stats were like, I, I get like he defended at the rim. Um, he did his thing obviously throughout the season. So kudos to him for winning the award. But a lot of his stats were very like Tom Brady ESPN esque, like. Oh, he gets three blocks when there's, you know, less than 10 minutes in the game and there's, you know, four people on the fast break. It's like, look, I don't care about that. Like, how many blocks does he get at the end of the season? That's all that matters to me. I like how uh, 
you know, my, my, I loved, I used to play 2K so much, but like 2007, 2010. And so I have all the old badges like stored in my head. I love when I pull one out just out of my ass. Pause. Um, you can even say no pause for that. <laughs> Sorry, the way that you set that one up. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Just, just terrible, terrible on my end. I don't, I don't get the joke, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> uh, l- last award, a unanimous, unanimous award. Uh, Coach of the year was unanimous. It's got to be Mike Brown. Mike Brown receiving 27, uh, like as far as like the confirmed votes, 27 first place votes. No one else had a single first place vote. Good. It, it had to be just what he did with that team out of nowhere as to be expected. Like he, that nobody, nobody was penciling the Kings to be a top two seed to, to start the start the season. Not, not a chance. Um, so I think that is a rightful win uh, essentially. Unlike like sometimes when you give like the team that's got the best record the coach of the year, no, this is this is a, this is a team that was not expected to be penciled in in a top three, top four. I think when we did our off show like recap at the end of last week, uh, we looked at it and how bad some of us are. Neither one of us had the Kings in the top five, so like no. it, it, kudos to him being being able to do what he did with that team. I think he deserved it. I'm happy for them. Light the beam, man. Sacktown, what up, uh, D? Let's let's. I think that's it for the show, man. You got anything else before we get out of here today? Quick note on this one, just because I thought he mentioned it. The reason why I don't want, I, I didn't want Joe Mazzula to be talked about is because he took over a team that was already successful. Like if you, if you're a one to two seed, which the Celtics were last year, and then the next year you're still a one or two seed, does that make you a coach of the year candidate? No, it just means you're a new coach in the same situation that they were. They were, you know, two games away from three games away. From, did they lose four one or four two last year in the finals? They kick went. I think it was six games. Whatever it was, they were a couple of games away from the final. So, like, as to be expected, him t- him taking over and Laker hater. Ime Udoka. No, I'm not. I'm not hating. Just t- just tell him how it is. Like, if Ime Udoka was there and they did the same thing, would you give him the award? No, yeah. he's just a new I got coach I got something fun thing. for for Ty because Ty Ty's appreciate you Ty. Have a good night, buddy. Uh, Ty's you know with the Celtics propaganda. Joe Mazzula confirmed ballots fourth place, not even top three. <laughs> Thank you for that one to end it. The it goes Mike Brown, second place Mark Dagnalt, and third place B, uh, JB Bickerstaff from the Cavs. I think I think Dagnalt's a little high, but you know who was that? He's the head coach of the Chattanooga Thunder. Oh, Thunder. Okay, that's why I didn't know who it was. I mean, they improved, but I mean, they yeah, were. You still got to have a winning record to to win Coach yeah. of the Year. You can't be sub five hundred. Uh, I hope we don't get sued for this one, but I feel like this is probably the best way to get out of here today because it was all basketball. D, uh, I will start this and then we'll get get out very shortly. You got it, man. Hey, as we say every time we are heading out, are you playing it or you want me to do it? Not, I can hear it now. Okay. I couldn't hear as I was going. As we say, when we're heading out, please, y'all take care of y'all bread. Y'all take care of y'all chicken. Y'all take care of y'all mentos. Please take care of y'all physicals. Please be safe out there. We appreciate y'all in the chat. Hit us up on YouTube. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, everything that we got. Check out our website. Y'all be lovely out there. Peace.